I should have prepared a, a, a blurb thing for this, but I haven't. So, uh, hello and welcome to Waterculture episode 10, in wow. which we are at least beginning to talk about GURPS, the generic universal role playing system. Uh, occasionally meaning other things as well at early points in its development, I believe. Um, and as the person who's played least GURPS and has really had least to do with it, I have the great honour to be the chair entity uh, for this session. Chair entity. So yeah, that's it. I'm basically a, an, an incarnate chair, godlike <laughs> stool of some kind. No, no. Okay. no. Just go with a no. show with a, with no. a chair gone so, in it. So, uh, a chentity. Yes, a chentity, if you like. Chentity. Um, Gurps, uh, who would like to say something about Gurps? Someone, please. My brain is not functioning. I suppose, I suppose I ought to have a have a disclaimer of sorts uh, because I have written for Gurps for Steve Jackson Games. I plan to do more of this. So while well, well, I'm not going to be completely complimentary about it, it is my favourite role playing system, and yeah, that that should be considered that I do actually get paid for it occasionally. Mm. Right. Mm. So now that we've established that your views are, are not trustworthy, yeah. um, <laughs> mm-hmm. essentially a corporate shill. So I, I I used to be a playtester. Does that count? Did they pay you? Uh, no, and I, I don't think I actually ever got my name on. I almost got my name on a couple of times. I was. That was a claim to fame. Knocked off, <laughs> not, knocked off by a few other people. <laughs> okay. Andy Ventura. Knocked off by Steve Jackson. There's yes, a so, headline. Why don't we nasty. set the scene roughly for yeah. the appearance of GURPS as to um, where and why it appeared? Because this was Steve Jack. It wasn't Steve Jackson's first role-playing game, and it wasn't the first that his company put out. Although mm. he didn't write that one. That I think that was Toon. But came out in 86 and had a kind of preview sub-game. The fighting system came out in 85. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the big deal was that it was generic and it was based on real-world testing. But why why make such a big deal of that? What's the the advantage of somebody coming along and saying, fine, I've got this game that's based on me throwing spears at bits of armour and shooting barrels Mm -hmm. and all this kind of thing? And um, can be used to run anything. By 1985-86, he got loads of games. Just because he couldn't buy his old game back from uh, Howard Thompson at Metagaming. The, fan- the a fantasy trip, yeah. The fantasy trip, yeah. Um, he decided to develop a, a new one, and it just... I think at one point it had the the, the um, probably not a code name, but was referred to as the Great Unnamed Role Playing System. Yes, and then it ended up as GURPS, which was either a joke name or he was always going to call it that. Um, but like to say, it was a joke name that they just didn't think of anything better. So there you go. At that point in role playing history, where where is this gap in the market that he saw? Anybody? Got any thoughts on why bother with such a huge project? Well, it's certainly not the first generic role-playing system. Because uh, no. at, at the time it came out, uh, okay, it, it, Hero System wasn't being published as a book called Hero System, but there was Champions and there was Danger International and there was the other one. TMNT. Uh, no, 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 no. Justice Inc. Yeah, no, Justice Inc. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but no, you so, so, that, so that was there and they, they had a common core to them, even <clears> if it wasn't <throat> written up. 
uh, RuneQuest had BRP. And Superworld? Yeah, I I never played those, and I always get them wrong when I talk about them. So yeah, I, I, I think I think <laughs> RuneQuest. I think RuneQuest. Yeah, I think the superhero one for RuneQuest is Super. I've got it is Super World. Yeah, it first, it first appeared in Worlds were, of Wonder. They were out there. Uh, it, yeah. it, it wasn't a new. It wasn't a new idea. Um, I mean, the the idea was that. Yeah, if, if you've been playing D and D and you your campaign switches to Traveller, everybody has to r- r- learn a whole new bunch of rules. And by modern standards, I think that's odd because your typical modern role playing game, you don't really have to learn a lot of rules, and for that matter, uh, you're not expected to know the rules inside out anyway, necessarily. And mm. mm. um, so, certainly, I, I don't expect you lot to be getting into the intricacies of GURPS character design when we play a GURPS campaign. Unless you want to. Well, one problem we've got with that, any more complicated games, it becomes a little trickier if you're dealing with role-playing the way we are at the moment, where it's online, basically, through a, mm-hmm. um, a video call, because you're not sitting around the table passing the books back and forth. I mean, we used to do that with um, Chivalry and Sorcery. Oh, when I used to play the second edition of that in, in the <clears> 80s. <throat> And it took three or four hours to generate your character, yes, but then you got horoscopes and things to do for them, so it was a little bit, <laughs> little bit over the top. But because you were physically there, different people could be doing different things at the same time, and I find it's much harder here. So in a way, it, it kind of puts the um, the emphasis on the on the GM having to do the bulk of the prep work, doesn't it? Mm, maybe I, I do. Uh, I don't really get too mechanical, but it gurps. It is a very front-loaded system in that a bulk yes, of it is, is all sure. in character generation. Uh, the actual play, and we'll get onto this, but yeah. that, just to your point of playing, it might be tricky. I think it's more with character gen than actually playing. Yeah, well, that's character gen I'm, I'm speaking of specifically. Yeah, okay. Roger doesn't expect everyone to sort of learn the rules, and, and it's it's kind of harder to, uh, you know, you've got to kind of get your own copies to actually ro- yeah. ro- roll a character, because you're not rolling up a character. You're not waiting for the GM to go, right, roll 3d6 for this. Anybody who's got a 12 or above gets a plus one on this, this, right, and this. Yeah. You know, you've got to put a... Basically, you've got to put a lot of thought in. You can't just create a GURPS character willy-nilly. They really don't come out terribly well. <laughs> no, it, it, it's very... That's the thing. Character creation in GURPS is, to some extent, a skill. It is possible to do it well. It is possible to do it badly. Right. Yes, I, I, think, so. I think that's a shame. If if we look at, I mean, I'm not sure if there was ever actually a GURPS designer's notes published as such. We do have the man-to-man designer's notes, and mm. we also have that that curious article in, from Space Gamer, the state of the art, which yeah. particularly looked at in retrospect looks an awful lot like this is what the perfect role-playing game would look like. And oh, it really does. Hit, hit, next to it is a, a full-page advertisement for GURPS. Considering that the, the opposite page is basically black, but with the word coming soon, GURPS on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was picked up. Was it Greg Kostikian who, who wrote about uh, a letter to the editor, might have been for the following one, told them to back off? <laughs> <laughs> But, it was a little uh, bit blatant, wasn't it? L- looking at those, mm. uh, what, one of the comments is, is play should be quick, character creation shouldn't. Well, yeah, right. if that's the trade-off you're making, yes. Mm. But compared with... Um, I just consider modern age that we played recently, and people can yeah. go and listen to if they want to, um, <clears throat> where yeah, we had a character creation session that took less than less than our full session of play, and then just started mm. the game. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, unlike, say, 
Champions, which we are going to be playing, <laughs> no, still... where we've we've had a character creation session. I'm still working on it. <laughs> well, that's can I? So GURPS came out after Champions, right? I I am yeah. no historian, but I can't help but notice quite a lot of similarities between GURPS acknowledged by Steve Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, right. the, this this is particularly clear when you get into the actual power building stuff, which really mm. ca- which was a bit in GURPS third edition, but really came in in fourth. We'll in get onto that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of. The thing is, though, I would say that this was designed to be generic from the start. Mm. Now, I think it fell down because, fine, they put out the um, the combat system, but it was more kind of an as a sort of preview. That's what man to man was. Well, that that was basically because they really needed something for Origins eighty five. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, it didn't grow out of man to man. Man to man was just no, no. Man to man was very much the combat system from GURPS. Um, <clears throat> Because I guess that's what he finished first, or could wrap up more quickly. But it wasn't. It wasn't sort of a generic setting or anything. It, it was pretty much melee and range combat. It was, it was, it was, it was largely gladiatorial. That was well, sort of what it was that, set up that, for. That's where I first played it. Was, yeah. Was, yeah. Was at a car. I mean, there was a, there was an adventure for it, which was a bit more than that. I think that was Orc Slayer. I think that was a yeah, man, and that's I've the only yeah. only support for it. I think. I yeah. think so. Yeah. But I, I when you actually work, got yeah. the box set that came out the following year, it wasn't. Actually, generic in terms of it didn't you know, it didn't really support superheroes, modern day science fiction, all that. It was fundamentally a bit D and D ish. It was kind of a generic fantasy, if you like. And well, you had, not, not even a lot of that. I mean, looking at some of the early um, reviews, what everybody is saying is, "Yeah, this looks like a really nice <laughs> system, but you mm-hmm. can't play it until it, until there's a world for it as well." Yeah, yeah, it did come with I think a solo adventure caravan a, to the. Car- Caravan and All in Night's Work, I think, might have been the solo, mm-hmm. which was nice. That's nice to learn from. Mm, yeah. But it was actually designed to be generic, yeah, even if it may have time. fallen short in terms of what they included in the box. Now, that's not true of um, RuneQuests and <clears throat> the ERP. That's a system that kind of it grew out and to become a generic system because it was the house system sure. for KSEM. Yeah. It, it and it's well... the same with um, the hero system. Mm. All those games were slightly incompatible. And I think it was Steve Jackson in one of his Where We're Going or his design notes pointed out that Fantasy Games Unlimited, shortly before GURPS had come out, had something like 16 different slightly incompatible or completely incompatible role-playing games. So it wasn't even you've got to learn a whole new rule set. It was this game plays just like that game. Oh, except that rule is just a bit different. And, oh, yeah. that'll trip you up. That's a different characteristic. And that that can actually be much more challenging than dealing with a completely different system because mm. when they're very different, you can just compartmentalize. Mm. You know, oh, you this don't one. know stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I've never this played D twenties. Blah blah. We're playing this exactly. one. Yeah, I don't think many sixes. people play Dungeons and Dragons and thought, "Oh God, no! I'm thinking of the Traveller rules now, aren't I?" So, <laughs> it's just that they're very, very different. Yeah. Whereas when they're quite similar, I mean, we found this with things like playing in different editions of things. Mm. Yes. Um, you know, it's, you you trip up on those. Oh no, wait! It's not that anymore. Now it's two d six plus five, or you know, it's yeah. it's oh, you know, you use this stat instead of that stat. They changed how that skill works. Or yeah, whereas mm. GURPS was intended to be to be consistent and kind of grow outwards. Yeah, and other than some pretty lame. I mean, Super Game was one that was it was marketed as being. You could play anybody from any time, any anything, but actually, it was a not particularly fabulous superhero system. The thinking I saw the being that if for that, it looks terrible. It's back in print. Yeah, really. Yep. 
I, I, I'm going to maintain my po- <laughs> my point, which is that from the advert, it just looks terrible. Mm. <laughs> so was uh, GURPS always intended to have a lot of source books coming out? Yes. Was that always the plan? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, the the I I can't be sure. I haven't. It, it may not have been the first deliberately generic system, as you say. There's that other thing, but it's yeah. certainly, certainly the Lord, first one that I came Lord's across. Creation? as more than yeah. a tiny. Yeah. Lord's Creation was was no. Lord's no, Creation Lord's was Cre- was a multiversal game, but it was not a generic yeah, system. It's, it's not generic. You, you weren't at meant all. to play anything other than the Lord's of Creation setting. With yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Yes, I suppose fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, I was just thinking that that it was it was a, a, a multi that, that sort of yeah. That's kind of the. I mean, there are you, you're moving along a spectrum there between you know what's generic and what's well the kitchen sink yeah. and things like Gate Crasher and Rifts and Lords of Creation are kind of kitchen sink settings where they mm. they have a lot in common with superhero games. You can sort of do anything because anything can be in the setting. But it's not the same as a generic game, which mm. might offer you great support for playing a spy game, but doesn't necessarily say, oh, and by the way, there are psychic dragons in it as well. You can put them in if you want to, but it's not a kitchen sink by default. And I, I think that's a, that is a distinction because mm. it's hard to take that sort of stuff out of um, Gatecrasher. Well, and I wonder if the appeal of generics, or at least to me, what appealed to me when I was a, a, a wee role player, um, sorry about the accent, uh, was the idea that you could suddenly have um, your traveller characters appear in a fantasy game, or you, that it was compatible Ooh. with all these different and I suppose in some ways the default setting for GURPS has become that kind of system where your characters can move around settings, but that to me is the appeal of a generic system that you, you can Move your characters and your <clears throat> genres around with with the same people. Yeah, that, that's the thing I did. Um, <clears throat> largely, in fact, with, with Rollmaster and Space Master, which, which mm. could yeah, you, you're among the few yes. people I know who, who don't who don't think of those with, with terror. Uh, no, but, but no, effectively, you, you, you mush them together a bit, and, and you get an effective generic system mm. uh, that yeah, will cover fundamentally very lots of the things one wants well, to play. When, when, I, I have uh, fond <clears throat> memories of my mute albino light sword waving space character <laughs> and we, his short have... life after they put him out on watch and said, "Give us a shout if anybody comes." <laughs> <laughs> we had we had a very odd. Uh, I think it was my second or third year uh, of uni where we had two games that were going on. One was Space Master. One was Roll Master. That was the same game from different from from the two different perspectives. It lasted right. Well, we cottoned on. I think after about well, I think there were several people who'd cottoned on earlier, but I was mostly drunk. So, um, <laughs> I just D did that, didn't it? Was it Expedition to the Barrier Peaks? Is a crash mm. spacecraft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. they can you can look at it from two directions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, it's funny, mo- most of this sort of cross-genre stuff had been going on yeah, right from the start but, of the hobby. But, it's But when they actually started giving you rules for it, it became... Well, what, what was the... Um, oh, what was the uh, thing where basically at the, back, the, the very last page of one of the rule settings, um, you've got a load of wizards standing around in Mega City 1? Drawing a blank here. So I, well, I, let's I, not forget, you know, me of, of Guide has conversions for, gamma, for 
Boot Hill that but, I think it's Gamma World. Well, yes. Gamma World is interesting because uh, to me, that's exactly what John was talking about. It's almost D and D, but not really compatible, and you have no. to convert all your things across. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was a pain. But I guess you were asking what the gap in the market was. I wonder if it was that sort of thing, the ability to cross... I mean, it's become something very different or more. It was also... I wonder if that was the idea behind it in the first place, or at least the gap in the market. Yeah, I think it was also the fact that um, it was a nicer, happier time when people weren't quite so... Actually, no, people were quite litigious back at back that time. But, um, <laughs> oh, but it was also... I, I do TSR, they sue regularly. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, but I also got kind of got the impression a little bit were, that, was that it, it then meant that, you know, if, right, okay, I want to create something. I don't want to go up ahead and create a set of rules, but I want to have this in a role-playing thing i mean and, and that actually i mean when we get start talking about third edition um especially um there are an awful lot of very niche world settings uh that uh, yeah. um sort of you know great they you know they, they 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 saw the light of day i'm probably one of the very few sad people who've still got a copy of them um and um um, well, I, I think it's fair to say that Steve Jackson Games have all res- reserved the rights to publish stuff for GURPS, which yes. is, you know, as with most companies these days. That um, I don't know the exact details of Savage Worlds licensing, but as I understand it, it's basically you talk to them and say, "Hey, I'd like to do this thing," and they say, "Yeah, okay." Mm-hmm. They yeah. just they just want to have first refusal, and, and there are other games that that you can just, just publish like modern for free. Chaos, yeah. But yeah. uh, I know with with GURPS when when it did come down to some licensed products, they had that whole kerfuffle with the vampire supplement and so on. And I think the Castle Falkenstein, they had yes, it might have been the second book of that that just didn't sell at all. And I don't think they really found that the um, the licensed stuff was really where it was at for them. One interesting thing early on I found was. Um, I can't remember if it was in his notes in the actual book or if it was one of the articles, was Steve Jackson saying that they hope that GURPS is going to become the standard, obviously. You know, that's there as a publisher, that's what they want. They said, but we're not expecting everybody else to become compatible with us. We're doing it by being compatible with them. And that's one of the reasons why it used right. feet and inches and so on. And it made some changes. I think they changed the size of a hex possibly at some point or some something changed in magic with the range from the first edition to the second and little tweaks but most of the things if you were american it's very very standard it's a shame they didn't go metric because i think that would have just made life Mm -hmm. easier but trying to sell the metric system to an american market in the mid-1980s was not an easy thing runequest seems to have used meters from the start well, hero, uh, hero it's hero is metric, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't I, I, make a big deal about that being sort of the de facto standard. RuneQuest still has encumbrance. You know, everything is rated in ENC value, so there's that. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect they're really thinking about D&D inches as, as the thing they want to destroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Ten feet yeah, indoors, ten yards out of doors. Yeah. yeah. One round is a minute, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, actually, hit, I'm just going to throw in, these are from Murphy's Rules, which is from obviously from Steve Jackson Games publication, that occasionally pointed out rules from games that um, they might have had a good reason for them, but more often than not, they were a mistake. 
uh, little anomalies and things. And I'm wondering if GURPS found itself more open to having these because it became such a complete rule set. And this one, uh, whichever edition it was from, the more armor you wear in GURPS, the better you are at dodging. That may have, that may have changed later. Uh, certainly not in any edition I've played, but... No. That's interesting. Oh, no, I see. Yeah, if if it's not going over an encumbrance threshold and knocking your dodge down, then then the, then the passive defense in third edition. Yeah, we'll, we'll add in. Add yes. to you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. This will definitely have been pre fourth edition, and I'm sure yes. they've changed it. <laughs> well, yeah. one thing I think oh, it's worth considering works. is that they adapted a bunch of books which nobody else has tried to adapt before or since, um, or indeed that nobody else had heard of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, still got lens, man. Yeah, but you know, horse clans. Uh, yeah, yeah, horse clans. I'd never heard of at the time. Which yeah. world? Which was very popular in its day. Yeah, and mm. yeah, bunnies and burrows. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I, well, that, that I was know an that mainly through GURPS. That was that was that was a game rather than anything else. Uh, there was uh, Planet Krishna. Oh, Krishna. Yeah. Uh, From that world, Yep. Was uh, there a GURPS Ring World? No. No, there was a GURPS Riverworld. Riverworld, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, which is another slightly one. There was GURPS the Prisoner later on. Yes, that's an interesting choice. It's it's fascinating. I mean, I eventually sold. I love the Prisoner, but I honestly couldn't get it in my head how I could run it more than once. But still, that's a that's a different thing. I'd, I'd like to talk about the quality of the source books at some point because they, uh, that for is, me, hands down yes. the best. best oh yeah, well I, I have that down as a point to discuss. So. Yeah, because yeah. that wasn't that wasn't there at, at the beginning when no, it came out in a fairly thin black box with the hex art. I think that was by Dennis Lubay on the front. Hmm. Uh, you yeah. open it up, you have got several disappointing booklets inside that don't even have cardboard covers. They were paper oh. covers. It was like you were buying something off Avalon Hill. Um, oh, I see. No, I. I, 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 I I, I, I had se- I had second edition which had the which had the cardboard covers. I was in there at the. St- I pre-ordered Man to Man. I was right there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I even I because Man to Man was stuff. was drilled for three hole binders. I even got a three hole binder, which was not easy in the UK back then because nobody used them. It was two mm. ring or um, four. Yeah. I so I actually. I bought the first issue of a part work about knitting. And then I pasted the cover from Man to Man over it. <laughs> Man to Man inside, because that was a three ring. It came with a three ring, uh, three ring binding. Sounds like an excellent use of it. I was, I was heavily into this game, and it uh-huh. really did appeal to me. The whole concept, I thought, this makes so much sense. And obviously, mm. that was your Mother's Day present that year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I would like to note from from those early discussions: what is this thing with the disdain for non six sided dice? I mean, very strong, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. D- Dave Morris, when he's talked about Dragon Morris in in recent days, has said, you know, yes, we should have done it as a D six based system because yeah. when it came mm. out in the eighties, people found it difficult to find dice for it. That's fair enough. Hi. But yeah. these 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 people are talking about a boxed game that had dice in it. Yeah. So that wasn't a problem. Yeah, I, I personally, I love. I feel sad if they are just. D6 I, I don't see anything wrong with yeah. other sides. This, uh, personally, I think you need a good reason not to use D6s. Hmm. Because good quality, easy to read, cheap D6s are familiar, easily available, have worked, you know, 
for millennia. Any other die is basically, it's been a fad. It may have existed in the past, but it didn't exactly have a continuous run. <laughs> D10s, uh, or as they were, 20 ciders with um, 0-9 to twice. Because they until, see until they came up with the actual 10 cider. They make sense because you can do percentages and so on with them quite easily, and, I, and that that's fine. But really, you've got to have a reason for doing something <laughs> another way. Can I, I want to vote for because they look cool and feel cool, and I well, like you can get those ones that have, have come out. I think they're on Kickstarter now that recharge wirelessly, have LEDs, <laughs> broadcast by Bluetooth to put your results on Roll Twenty and on your phone. John, you you're basically those. the opposite of the Fantasy Flight Games marketing department. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I look at those. I look at things like that, and I think, how do you replace the battery when it works? <laughs> Mm. I I like different sizes. I'm, I'm with Roger there. And but, you cannot um, lie. <laughs> anyway, that's getting us away from Gertz, which is yes, a D6. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but, but it, it was deliberately D6. I mean, again, that was a design but, choice. But, 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 but as well, I think that was more the fact that they just, rather sadly, that I think it was probably one of the first times somebody actually sat down and actually did some stats. Right. And I can't, were, I can't believe that the designers of Hero were not... Uh, mathematically competent to do that. Oh, they certainly were. I yeah. think, isn't oh. it? Even in the first edition hero, there's like a probability chart, I'm sure. There's all kinds. Of, yeah, the, the thing was, he, he based GURPS around using a bell curve. You know, mm. the 3D6, mm. lots of other die rolls generate a bell curve, mm. but 3D6 is a really easy way to do it that people mm. can grasp in their head. You have a good idea of what you've a fair chance of rolling <laughs> if you roll 3D6. Yeah, and the numbers are small enough to be relatively easy for most people to add up. Yeah. And 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 even when your numbers start getting stupidly large, hmm. um this this might be third or even fourth edition, there's actually a set of rules um that um basically just turn around and say, right, this is how you convert it back down to the standard three D six level of I I, I would say actually and you get and, and it, you get a right you, you get the feel for it you also then mean that when you critical my god you've critical mm. wow yeah and when you got, fumble <laughs> you know it's a it's a pretty it's low percentage it's, isn't it it's, it's unlikely it's to happen 3d6 i would say it's less intuitive what you're going to get because i i what you can no, say it's intuitive but a lot of people don't intuitively understand how a bell curve works as opposed to a percentage system you know, the difference uh, between 18 yeah. and 15 doesn't seem that great unless you understand a bell curve. Yes. Now, that, that I think you're entirely right. Yes. But the, there are inherent problems with a, a straight line percentage, aren't there? Oh, yeah. I'm and not saying it's more realistic. You, There's problems you've, with it. You've but... been told that you can design point by point. The, uh, I mean, point by systems came in with Superhero 44 because that's where Champions pinched it from. But they, they weren't <laughs> very common. Yeah. You know, um, the hero games were, were the major uh, people in that area. And Steve Jackson said, right, you want, we want you to be able to play the character that you want. You can design this character. So you come up with a character and you, you are going to be competent. You've got 100 points to spend. You've only got four characteristics, but that was, again, that was deliberate. Keep it low. Uh, Hero's got 17 at the moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the fantasy trip only had three, which meant that it didn't have health. So it meant that all the strong people were automatically healthy. And you think, oh, well, that's fair enough. But it also means that all the healthy people are really, really strong. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's not so intuitive. Mm. 
you know, so you create this <clears throat> character and you, Third edition you said, I'm, I'm going to be Roger. a sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be a sort of, um, great fighter. I'm, I'm pretty good. I can hold my own, all the rest of it. And then you go and you roll 99 in your first roll because you've got as much chance of rolling 99 as you have rolling 17. Yeah. And that's. There are that's a lot where of I can see as a designer. Yes, with, mm. as a designer, you look at it and you go, "That's not. I'm, I'm not rolling how I expect I should be rolling. My character, therefore, isn't acting the way I expect him to be able to perform." I, yeah, I think not it's on a, average performing on average. Yes, I agree. I think it's a better system, exactly for that, in a lot of ways. But I would, I think, you could struggle to argue it's more intuitive. The, no, the thing, percentages immediately are intuitive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well, looking at GURPS, uh third edition here, which is not very different from first and second. And even here, the the creating character says, you start with 100 character points. That is just the standard. Mm-hmm. And I'm just remembering all, all those fosses people used to have about, you know, you, you shouldn't play a high-level character unless you've worked your way up and earned yeah. that high-level character. Oh, that was a common yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. It, and it seems to me that even here, where you where you could say, yeah, sure, you know, let, let's ha- let's play more powerful people R- right there in the basic set. They're not doing it yet. They're, they're just assuming, okay, everybody's got the same number of points, and it's a few. But like, actually, I mean, a hundred was a fair amount on their scale. If you looked at what mm-hmm. sort of, you know, what, what what do the townsfolk have? What do the 25. city guards have? And what do you have? A hundred yeah. was, you know, you weren't. Uh, well, you weren't just Casper Milker toast, were you? you... <laughs> You were more than a first level wizard, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. More so, than a first level wizard to me. So, <laughs> indeed. Obviously, it came out and there was this reception of, okay, this system looks good, but what do we do with it, more or less? Uh, yeah. It's generic, but actually, you can only play something fantasy ish, so we can't tell if it works for other things. So, and that obviously developed quite rapidly with all of the extra books they came out which so was... yeah they didn't really go to ott until third edition so i'm trying to think i remember so i bought my copy of second edition it would have been 87 i think yeah I think third, third came out in 88 certainly so they went through those editions yeah pretty so, 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 mm-hmm. so, I, yeah. so I, I i bought eight so i it would have been um, 87, and I bought that, and I bought fantasy, and I bought mm-hmm. horror. Incidentally, and... by this stage, nothing was drilled to go in a three ring binder. Just, no. just putting that out without any sort of <laughs> pettiness or you know, uh, any, any grudge maintained for nearly four years. I think oh. my second edition was. My the white the white books were three were three hole drilled. I'm sure. Fantasy I, wasn't though, was it? None of the supplements were. <laughs> oh no, no, oh none of the supp- no. The, supp- the supplements weren't. <laughs> I can go and check that. I can go and check because I've still got all this crap. Um, um, I almost storage. Yeah, uh, I almost took a photo of the shells and then I looked at how how badly ba- they're, they're bowing and thinking, yeah, but I actually don't. When when they collapse and take out um, the the boys' Xbox, um, I don't really want, want there to be evidence that I probably should have done something about. Speaking this. of shell, one of the reasons I've always loved GURPS is a very nerdy reason, which is like my shelf of it. It's coordinated. It looks like that. And it just looks <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. And I just, a row of source books with very similar typeface well, and similar. Oh, 
It makes me a happy person. I mean, to be fair, I've got other things m- mixed amongst there. I've got some second edition. Oh, there. Don't let me see your shelf. They, well, they did change the cover layout, but I think the spines were consistent. Yes, uh, they were. Across yeah. the Speaking bed. of a row of source books, <laughs> the, who wants to discuss the third edition explosion? Well, oh. it, it might be worth just talking about why third edition came along anyway. Hmm. Um, I think it was that they. They'd kind of fiddled around and third third edition was really I think the the first time they properly codified um that they actually even though they said it was going to be generic they didn't like they didn't have magic in the base book. I seem to remember rod in 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 sec in in second edition third edition you do. Uh, you have a small amount of magic. You didn't have psionics. You definitely didn't have psionics because psionics came out in GURPS Humanx, um, and then GURPS Horse Clans. Um, and you, in fact, you didn't actually have anything like telekinesis until Horse Clans. They mentioned it in Humanx, but didn't actually do it. Didn't actually do it. Didn't actually have anything, um, which was really annoying because I had a specific, I had a, I had a specific need for, need for it and i couldn't be asked to work it out myself um um, and then third came along and third you had third was the first one really where you had chunk of thing chunk of things you had you had a few spells but magic will expand on this you had a few uh sonics but gups sonics will, will, will expand on this they had a bit about Space, but space will expand on this, and so on and so forth. And they, um, and, and, and they kind of that was the first one that, that was generically generic. Whereas, as John was saying earlier, first and second edition were generic, but they had, a, but they were very much geared around fantasy and maybe a little bit about modern. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was really about it. So, uh, hmm. yeah. Um, and then obviously, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't know. You'll probably know about the me, how it compares to, you know, other games that have lots of splat books, but it really does seem to have a massive array of supplements because it's so generic. Mm. Yeah. I, I think the, the thing that threw people a bit is they weren't really intended to be combined. Mm. Um, I mean, if, if, if you had, you know, GURPS plus fantasy, which I think in its early edition was the, was the world and the magic system and then, then became the world because the magic was in a different book. But, you know, that, that was what there was for running a fantasy campaign. Mm. Yeah. So there was a lot. So you, so you're talking about, so, so, yeah. So the splat book effect. So, so, so you had the, the it, they, they produced a set of core books. So there was magic, there was space, there was... Horror came in. Horror. Yes, because there was... Uh, but horror was... There was... Uh, I had horror second edition. It was stolen off me by my mate John uh, when we were... When we were... Cre- well, when he was writing bits for Abermud. Um, <laughs> uh, and six years later, I got it back after having bought two copies of third edition horror, one of which basically fell apart and the other one didn't. <laughs> but that's a whole different story. Uh, but um, uh, there was horror... There was mystery uh, third ed. So that was 
No, Mysteries is the fourth book. Yeah, Mysteries is fourth. I'm just thinking of just the just the, the very core thing. So you yeah, have, I mean, you, you have you had genre uh, books. Yeah, uh, that was a bit later, so I think. Things but, like martial arts, uh, Bainstorm? That an actual Bainstorm ah. book was later. It was called Gerp's Fantasy. That was the weird thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, the nomenclature was not always clear, but. Uh, there was starting to be this distinction between this is the book for running campaigns of this type, and to me the classic example of that is space, mm-hmm. which starts, you know, what yes. sort of space game do you want to run? What sort of interstellar travel do you want, if you want it at all? Yes. What sort of tech levels do you want? And so on. You, you go through this. It's how you build a space campaign. Right. Yeah. Uh, fantasy was not. It was... Here is a fantasy world. It was an actual <laughs> setting, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it's an inherent problem with a generic system that it probably goes either too far or becomes successful? In that you get something like Savage Worlds that isn't actually as generic as people seem to think it is. It's very much, it's always Savage Worlds, whatever you're doing. Mm. And then you get something like GURPS and Hero, where they're so broad and so wide, and it's, there's so much work for the GM to do, really. Mm. But you can get the perfect campaign set up for you. I mean, do you think it's almost... It's too niche an idea for its own good. Well, I I think in 1985, or in 1981, when the design of it started, according to Steve, that was absolutely what people wanted, because most people at that point, at least most people I knew, were devising their own campaign worlds. They were writing Mm. most of their own adventures. Mm. That was just what a GM did. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's the classic thing about Gary Gygax saying, well, we're not going to sell adventures because people write their own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and compare with Pathfinder now where I, I haven't looked into it. Jim may have some idea, but I, I get the impression that you would not have difficulty running nothing but pre-written adventures for a Pathfinder game basically without limit as long as, long as your budget held out. Effortless, effortless. There In are... fact, you'd probably be hard pressed to run them all, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh god, I no, mean, you wouldn't have a chance. There's, there's tons <laughs> of full adventure paths that you know, zero to twentieth. Yes, mm. yes, know, no so, problem at all. So, it, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we always used to complain about lack of prep time back in the day, uh, but I, I, I get the feeling that. <laughs> but now we're grown up. Well, I, I think a lot of people just assume. Okay, I, I want to have my three-hour role-playing session of a Tuesday night or whatever, but I have a hard job. I have other things going on those other nights. Maybe I have kids to worry about, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't really put in the, the prep time as well. On the other hand, here is a thing that I can you know, read in half an hour on, mm. the, on the train, and now I will be able to run this adventure and the players will enjoy it. I'm, I'm not saying this is bad. Please understand. No, no, it's it no. just not what, I'm, not what I'm accustomed to, which is obviously the same thing as bad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, all through this, all through this, the seventies and eighties, the thing that was held up as as um, what you should be doing is this kind of grand epic campaign with a group of players who, you know, few of them may drop out, few new faces may come in, but it would run for years, and you get these epic stories and epic characters. Really, how many people have actually been able to do that to the sort of scale that it was kind of built up as? Yeah, I, Normally, I've done that once by accident. Mm. I think they're, to be honest, most of them are probably by accident because mm. circumstances play such a huge part in being able to do it with the best yeah. will in the world and the, 
having people who put in the mo- enormous amounts of effort, you just can't really plan that kind of thing. Have you forever. ever? I mean, okay, so this is non, very much non non GURPS now. But has anybody ever? It's generic. Everything's GURPS. Had <laughs> a campaign survive swapping GM? Never tried it. Not really relevant to me. I'm yeah, afraid. Not. Um, so, so we've I've tried it twice, and neither time did it work. But you, you're talking about basically a campaign that lasts, you know, five, ten, fifteen years. I think if you're very lucky, you can have one person who is in a position where they can do that for the whole time. I've mm. never. I mean, the, the longest I think I, I we we I both of mine. Well, one was was me trying to take over from somebody else, and Pete had been running his game for about three and a half years, and I ran for about maybe three or four months, and we just, we by mutual consent, we just turned around and said, no, it's just not working. The other way, and then it was uh, the other way around, where um, I, 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 I ran a Pathfinder game, funnily enough, um, for about three years, and uh my mate Chris, who actually had uh, written an awful lot of the source material for uh the actual world that we were uh playing in, tried to uh pick it up and carry on with it and again it petered out in i think i I think that was about two and a half three months again so mm. I, I, I have got one example sorry carry on. Uh, which is, it hasn't happened yet, but, but we have hopes for it. Uh, that, that, that great big World War II campaign I mentioned occasionally mm. is clearly drawing to its end. And one of the players, uh, particularly. It's not perpetual war. <laughs> one of the players, yeah, we're, we're not being mad Jack Churchill here. Um, <laughs> but what, it, with, partly with the aim of keeping the group together, because it's a good group, uh, is, is planning to run, not the continuation of the campaign, but a, because this is mostly focused on Europe and a bit of the US, he, he's planning to run a sort of parallel campaign starting rather earlier um, in oh, India. Right, right. So nominally the not same world idea. with the same metaphysics and so on, and, and the same big themes, hmm. but not actually interacting with stuff from the other campaign. As far as those sort of big campaigns then, that people have got the the tools to make everything sort of their way, which obviously... Games like AD and D and so on only gave you some of those. I mean, it didn't tell you how to how to build your magic system and create spells and all that because it had a magic system. You were supposed to use that one, mm-hmm. so people had to come up with things on their own. So did GURPS when to you start get with. to start with, yeah. But when you start moving on with things like GURPS, the the idea that you can sort of do anything with it expands and people say well hey you know if we're, if we're going to be able to um work out how our starfaring uh, universe works and what type of of drive units we've got and all those kind of things why can't we come up with exactly how our magic works and exactly how creating these legendary artifacts works you're given all these tools then with gurps in the expanding library are you kind of <laughs> putting your game out of business by giving people all of these things to have a huge campaign that will probably, after a relatively short point, not need any input from you, the publisher, again. Well, Steve Jackson Games have tried selling adventures and it didn't work. Mm. Uh, and I think part of that is just fragmentation. I mean, if you have 10,000 Pathfinder GMs, you can, in theory, sell an adventure to all of them. Right. If you have 10,000 GURPS GMs, some of them running dungeon exploration, some of them running science fiction, some of them running horror, 
like they they're not all going to want the same adventure. So yeah, those and are even, and many of them doing crossovers and things where one adventure might have fit somebody else's horror game, but it won't fit exactly, their horror yeah, game. Yeah, even if mm. they put out space adventure, which they did, didn't they? But mm. it, like, there's amazing. They were long adventures. It was like four adventures in the book, and probably half of them didn't apply to your campaign anyway. Even if you were running, uh, yeah, there, there, there have been a few attempts, and some of the adventures, to be fair, are pretty good. But they've, they ne- they've never sold well enough for this to be an ongoing thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it strikes me as the kind of thing, it might be, you know, Path of Cunning, for example, uh, plug, uh, you know, <laughs> might say, oh, well, you know, what if we put out a an adaptable heist adventure, for example, which you could decide to, you know, put a fantasy lens on and you're doing mm. a heist in a castle, or you can put a space mm. lens on it or, mm. uh, you know... Different things. Well, actually, they I, I, did you, you can, but I don't. I don't think that's ready to run. To be fair, no, Watson it's not. Hall, it's not. Um, actually, ran through. I forget who the GM was. He's a very handsome, sexy man. But uh, he ran through Flight which, Thirteen, which, which oh, is no, no, hang uh, on, I didn't. I, I didn't run Flight Thirteen. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, I forget who was. But Flight Thirteen, one of the very few published GURPS adventures. You can actually run it as. But it's got rules to make it. All the way through, it's got rules to make it a space adventure, or I don't think you can make it fantasy, but there's a time travel version of it as well. So it's, mm-hmm. it's got its setting. Yeah. But... And uh, Mark was waving time travel. I was indeed wa- waving time travel adventures, which is still uh, one of my favourite uh, things because, of course, it actually uh, uh, introduced the uh, Technomancer uh, <laughs> uh, setting. Because a time travel adventure, time travel setting, and even more so, a sort of multiverse setting. In a way, it comes out as being the only thing that you can tie your generic game in with and, and try and get people back to some kind yeah. of common ground, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. The point where that, isn't it the default setting of fourth edition? Well, that, that was, that was the original plan. Um, it's ma- many things that away. happened in the original plan for fourth edition, like a new big hard, high quality hardback every month didn't happen. Oh yes, I remember that announcement. Um, largely because the, 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 um, a combination of the physical book market shifting largely over to PDF, and there's a lot of GURPS PDF now, uh, and inventory taxes, as I, as I understand oh, the it. PDFs don't look good on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, so, so the original plan, uh, I, I was looking for evidence of this and I wasn't actually finding it in, in, in the final books, but I'd suddenly remember it being discussed at the time, was that every setting published for GURPS would explicitly have ties into the Infinite Worlds campaign. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. They've, they've backed away. For, I mean, some, this, this didn't make it very far. I, I, um, have an early playtest draft, uh, <laughs> which talks about mm. how Transhuman Space and Autoduel, both of them reasonably popular settings at the time, mm-hmm. were going to be integrated into Fourth Ed. And. That's fine, but no, neither of those is going to be, I think, improved by the presence of cross-world travellers. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what's the campaign? Uh, <laughs> the, the campaign would, would be permanently, you're a bunch of outsiders, yeah. and you come and do a thing, and then you go away again, which, I mean, is, is, is not terrible, but I don't think it had an appeal, and I, and I think that may be why it was dropped. Well, it also means, because, I, I mean, I've thought about running that kind of thing myself, because it superficially seems appealing, and there's fiction where it's, you know, where it works. Doctor Who, obviously, is one sort of thing. But, you know, there's those kind of hopping about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, media, but it means you never actually get to get to grips with the settings. You never mm-hmm. get to have, 
in-depth NPCs in outside some you know things like okay, it means the setting becomes the, the overarching story and all the rest is just sort of window dressing after a while yeah you you, you don't really get the full benefit of any of the the settings that you're bringing in it's a little odd even looking at infinite worlds um which obviously started in the third edition days uh, as a setting because you've, mm. you've got some really complicated alternate history type worlds many of them written by ken height mm. which are obviously designed to, to repay long study and, and fun you know possibly play characters who live there yeah and that's not what an infinite worlds game or a time travel game does it mm. it it, it drops you in, you, you do the thing. You drop in, you find the newspapers, find out what, <laughs> what's different. And that, that's what um, you get, yeah. that's what you get in time travel adventures. You're, you're going mm. to the place, you're doing the thing, you're coming out again. Yeah. Mm. Rather than, you know, you're embedded here for five years. Yeah, I mean, Sandback, it doesn't sort of quantum leap into a new body and then think, ooh, 1950s America, great, I think I'll sell down. You know, it's just yeah. not <laughs> what it's about. It's, um, it's a setting of the week. I, so, I would like to touch on the source books if we're there. Cause yes, they, they, I mean, they are what drew me into... Uh, I think the first GURPS thing I ever bought, without having any clue what it was, was GURPS Illuminati. <laughs> flipping amazing. You bought that without having a clue what it was? No, the cover, the cover got me. Or the, the I don't know, somebody said fraud, I bought it. <laughs> I don't know quite what happened. But I just, to me, the source... So that was an education to me in... Because the the reason I find the GURP source books above all others to me is is exactly the approach Roger was talking about. It's not um, here is the setting, or for a lot of them, it's like here is the entire sort of history of this setting. Here's all the different ways you can do it. Um, it makes the time travel adventure. Here's book. what's gameable. Isn't it? it is, but it also I mean, I've got educates Age of Napoleon, you in... and it's not the same as buying a book about Napoleon. Mm. Well, no, but similarly, I, I suppose. Uh, so I, oh, no, I love that. I learned all about <laughs> conspiracy theory, and it shows you where you can look for more time travel. Eventually, you know, it shows you. Well, time travel shows you all the different. Well, this, you know, this was often in the early days of the internet. It shows you all the different ways you could have a time travel campaign, and all. I just really deep dives into every subject in a way that I just adored so i mm. found all this pretty much all the source books the world books i found a bit less interesting i guess for a similar reason but the the, the kind of the broader source were even things like um ultra tech uh, just that it's really nicely uh, just everything you can think of about that setting it's been done and as as a writer i mm. find them much more useful resources mm. you know because it's about i wanted to write a book about uh roman britain and there isn't one, but there is a GURPS Imperial Rome. And rather than a lot of historical books, which are sort of lists of facts in a lot of ways, the source books are written by, this is what it's like to be a person in this world, which is immensely useful when you're trying to write and a they, person in that world. They're usually pretty good for, the, for listing their sources and inspirations Except, as well yeah. in GURPS. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, that whole ethos, I think, which did probably come from Steve Jackson saying, okay, how much does a broadsword actually weigh? Mm. You know, because if you look at something like uh, Tunnels and Trolls and D and D and all those, they're really abstract. Mm. And even when you're going through AD and D and so on, they're abstract and they're games first. Yes. Has anybody, you know, writing a game in 1976, actually thought, I'd better see if I can get hold of a, of a proper broadsword and weigh it <laughs> if I'm going to work out any any rules for using yeah. it? No. Well, 
you know, Society for Creative Anachronism, Steve Jackson was in that, and they got a load of stuff together, and they weighed, and they measured, and so... Mm. Now, sure, you can't do that for everything, and perhaps it was, as a a thing to make a big point of, maybe it was a bit of showmanship, and um, kind of a selling point, hey, this is going to be accurate, Mm. but even so, it does then give you some sort of basis for, well, look... We've looked up stuff that we couldn't measure ourselves, and it's been in these books. You can check our sources. And it also means that if you need to look up anything else yourself, here are some sources you might like to try. It Mm. gets you involved in more than Mm. just, uh, right, I need to create a spell. It's going to be a a plasma burst spell, and it better do, I don't know, 10d6. That's quite good. And you're just making the whole thing up, and all you've got to compare against are other game elements. Gerps would say, right, well, let's break that down. That's kind of a blast damaging spell. You probably want to add Aero. Uh, no, and I know no, that's stolen no, from Hero no, in a lot no, of no, ways. No, that's Hero. You're now in fourth, your fourth edition now. There, no, there is still officially no system edition. for designing spells for the, for the standard magic system. Which is one in of its fourth. drawbacks. In fourth, in anything else. No. I, I suppose my point is, exactly as you were saying, John, that they're, they're half textbooks in a way, the Gersorks books. Mm. They are, mm. I don't know, they feel like interesting information to me, mm. whether I play the game or not. And I have, I've probably played three or four of the games on that shelf, <laughs> you know, I, but I've found every one of them interesting to read, mm. uh, apart from Gerps Y2K, which was rubbish. Yeah. Well, I could say, I, I've kept quite a number of my third edition Gerps source books. Mm-hmm. And I don't have GURPS any longer. I've, I've kept the first edition box because it's worth about a pound. Um, there is no resale market for that game. <laughs> but other than that, I've just kept some of the um, those source books. And as Steve Jackson said initially, I'm adapting them to other things. You know, mm, if he wants yeah. to be the facto standard, it works both ways. Yeah. So you can adapt GURPS to other games, and that works really well. There aren't very many other books from other companies that I particularly do that with because no. yeah. I don't know how far I'd trust them for, well, this for consistency. Is, think, it's a lot of work if there's no consistency there. Well, this and is actually a, a sort of a point I'd made enough. Like, the phenomenon of source books that are explicitly supposed to be fact-based mm. although gameable uh, and sem- you know, to a, to a large extent um what's the word I'm looking for? You know, independent of mechanics. Yeah. System neutral, yeah. that's the word. You know, to a large extent, system neutral. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> system neutral. Uh, we're going to get into... Quick. I'm not going to start linguistics about what, what constitutes a word. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. It's not, I'm not a debate do over it, <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> We're not having linguistics conversations. Not again, for the love of God. <laughs> Source books. Um, like I said, the, that, that seems way. to be a phenomenon that SJ Games decided to do and have done in a very comprehensive way across a huge mm. range of subjects. I mean, there's the there's the Disasters ones, or I think is that fourth edition? A Disasters is fourth edition, yeah. Yeah, but you know, there's these all these different groups of things that are just going to be a very good one on radiation. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard about that, yeah. yeah. You should probably buy a couple of copies. Glowing <laughs> reviews. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I mean, is there anyone else that actually does that? Because if if not, I mean, that is one well, of the yeah, very valuable I mean, the things. Other, other companies have done... Um, 
if you look at uh, well, getting back to Hero, um, Ice Iron Crown Enterprises basically published the Hero stuff for a t- Heroes, <laughs> a little bit like Steve Jackson with Gerbs. Hero found that they weren't particularly good at making money out of the game, and other things were were, were better placed to uh, earn some cash. So you ended up with Iron Crown Enterprise, who were doing Rollmaster and Merp and all of those. They published the campaign classics, so things like Robin Hood, Vikings, Mythic Greece, and they would usually have the um, Rollmaster stats and Fantasy Hero generally mm-hmm. in the back. But really, most of them you could use with, with just about anything. Uh, you don't have to actually have them... Uh, you know, if, if you try to sell a completely generic supplement, most people in the industry will tell you it's a, it's a hard sell. Mm-hmm. They like it tied to some game. But those were certainly uh, things that you could sell to other... Um, other gamers and they could adapt the, quite well. Quite yeah. to the breadth of the GURPS ones, I don't think. Well, they they, they started a bit later. Um, I mean, they covered many of and the same topics. Didn't last that long. You know, right. Greece, Rome, uh, Robin Hood, Egypt, all all had um, Iron Crown books and GURPS books. Yeah. I, by ha- the, I by had the, many of them. Size, that was a funny blend, wasn't it? Middle Earth. And Rollmaster. I'm not sure they were <laughs> happy bedfellows, <laughs> but I used to play Middle Earth, the role-playing game, and it always yeah. seemed a bit anachronistic that Gandalf's arm could get vaporised <laughs> by a fireball spell. But there we go. Anyway, it wasn't a, wasn't a good meld of system and setting. Yeah. But, but they had the licence. But yeah. they, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did some, they did they some lovely license. source books. They expanded they the setting and filled oh, yeah, things in yeah, in a way that, true. you know... Yeah. Well, in, in in a way that has been gently was was actually used by bits in the film and things like that. So some well, of the actually, similar with um, West End West games. End Games and Star Wars. Star Wars, yes. Yeah. That, gonna, that is yeah. what got me into Star Wars, not the films. The I'm going to gently corral us back in the direction <laughs> of Gertz. Yes, right. yeah. um, <laughs> so okay, you've got these massive range of source books, uh, but also the need for the compendiums, says my Andy ah. Jennings. Yeah, but which I, I think we can regard as a late third edition phenomenon. I mean, it's, let's see, third, third edition came out in 88, and Compendiums 1 and 2 came out in 95. Mm-hmm. And I have them just over here. Mm-hmm. And basically, the, this was a recognition that if you want to generate a character at this point, you've got lots and lots and lots of supplements, and if you want something from an obscure supplement that you aren't otherwise planning to run, that's a bit of a pain. Mm-hmm. So what's causing that then? Why are we... Because every, every every author of a new supplement says that this particular world needs this particular skill or power or whatever. I mean, as uh, Mark was saying about you know, horse dance needs psionics, that later became, that system later became the psionics book. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, Mass Voodoo Combat needed... appeared in Conan, didn't it, I think? I... GURPS Voodoo needed a spirit-based magic system for dealing with everyday life stuff. That was later expanded into GURPS Spirits. But not mm. a, not everything from, a, from mm. a book got expanded. And so basically, Compendium 1 in particular uh, just lists all the new disadvantages, advantages, skills... Uh, some of which are really very specific to a particular campaign. I mean, Oh, you have some incredibly tight skills for... You've also got things like terminal illness, though, which I can't see coming up in many games, if I'm honest, as a disadvantage. Actually, that but, but was, think, that was things well like... explained in Champions, that like you can buy Immortal for five points, because it doesn't 
it's great as a person. You're not going to come up in a campaign unless you. Yeah, but the, the cost got severely years. reduced from third to fourth. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah. No, it, no, it really did because it was it was something like sixty points in third edition. It was five, five, five or ten in fourth or something. What, one, one of the real problems in the this truly immortal version of it uh, was. I, I remember martial arts coming out. And all of a sudden, if you had a character who hadn't been generated with the martial arts abilities in mind, they were just rubbish as a combatant to get somebody who had, because there were all these new things you could do if you're using the martial arts rules. Right. Uh, and that's very much like Car Wars, where you know some, they introduced the X-ray laser, and if you hadn't bought the Uncle Albert supplements, suddenly you've got nothing to combat, uh, combat that with. Yeah, but it, it became an arms race. I, I'm, I'm looking at the, the list of skills, and yeah, a lot of them are martial art type things. A lot of them are you know, a craft skill. I appreciate beauty was it was in GURPS Vampire because in GURPS Vampire, in a vampire campaign, that's the Pretty thing you care about. You bloody do. Hmm. Well, something about did anybody skills. else need it? I I yeah. don't know if this I don't know if you mentioned this while I, my computer was deciding it wanted to die a death and and you know throw its back of its hand against its forehead, uh, but it's up and running now. So the skills when the companions came out, so this is pretty much when I started to find I was struggling because GURPS was doing things in a way that didn't really fit how I use things, mm-hmm. and the major apart from the everybody's playing a deaf albino one-legged dwarf. Which is a general problem with disadvantages. <laughs> with a timeline. The problem with skills started to come up in that there were suddenly an awful lot of them. And you've got all those defaults to this, defaults to that. Brilliant idea that if you've got, um, say, you know, physics as a skill, that that would be, um, useful if you wanted to do something that isn't directly related to physics, but nonetheless they have a connection. Um, it may be that, I don't know the specific connections here, but it may be that you would have, say, oh, you'll have some computer programming because you're a physicist, or, so, you know, you'll have some mathematics because you're a physicist, whatever it is. So there'd be all these things where you'd got connections between skills, where if you didn't have this, it's okay, you've got that, so you could use that at a penalty instead of using this. Mm. And that's mm. fine with a small number of skills, but it becomes a pretty complicated web. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. In fact... Yeah. To, to be fair, they did always say you can't double default. Yeah. So, uh, you know, no, if, you, yeah. so if, if you're looking at, you know, acting skill, there are, there are three things that can default to, one of which is IQ, and you will have one of those three. And mm-hmm. if, if, if you don't, if you don't, if, if, if you're, Performance say is already defaulting from something else. You don't get to default your acting from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that does still mean that well, some, yeah, somebody, still. somebody needs to look up the skill list and say, okay, here is what your defaults are. Yeah, and no, it meant that generating it, a character it gets longer well, just because you got to look through I, everything. All the I GMs would, got to have trimmed well, the list in advance. In, in particular, with generation and, and high defaults, you can get loops. You know, should should I put my acting skill up or should I just put my bard skill up because that will improve my acting? Yeah. Acting skill, yeah. yeah. I would say, though, uh, and this touches on probably something we'll talk on later, GURPS is a pretty surprisingly, to me, easy system to wing it in. And it's mm. quite easy mm. to say, well, because have you it's got... Logical. Yeah, exactly. You could say, well, have you got performance? Well, let's say that minus two, give that a go or something. You know, it's, um, mm. so I but, don't think it's as much, unless you're trying to get it absolutely right, you've got to get the right. Well, number. I mm. wonder, does it become a bit more of a problem that you've, 
I mean, obviously it'll be for some groups and not for others, but let's say you get a situation like that, and during the game you say, yeah, okay, well, let's say you've got that particular skill, we'll give you a minus two on it, make a roll. Yeah. Later on, somebody looks up and says, oh, there is actually an actual skill, so it really should have been a minus three or something right, like that. Right, yeah, okay. Does it become a problem that you can probably find the actual <laughs> exact rule somewhere, rather than them saying, these can default to other skills? If you think a skill is relevant in some way, perhaps get a roll on it at a minus two. <laughs> Yeah, mm. but then I, I the think... flip side is you might say, oh, well, let's write that down. Performance defaults to acting minus three. Yeah. Because that's what you said last time. We've got to get it right next time. Um, yeah. I, I think that depends on your group. A bit. And there you have the two compendiums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, the, these days, at least, mo- most people will, eat, you know, most people who are still running complex systems at all would agree that you don't stop the game to look something up. Yeah, you, no, you, certainly you try make, not to. You make a call if it's important. You look it up later, but you don't. You don't go retconning things. Mm. You just get something more or less right. Mm. And, um, um, so, certainly, talk, talking about simplicity of running, um, I, my all right. It's it's my basic approach in many games, but it certainly works in GURPS. You know, I, I narrate, you narrate. Eventually, it comes to a thing that's uncertain. I'll ask for a die roll. You make the die roll. We carry on. Mm. Um, I don't think GURPS is any harder in that respect than any other game. I would actually say say it's easier than a lot. Yes, 100% agree. I think it's one of the easiest games. I think it can be challenging at times to create the characters. It definitely can be challenging at times to create the, to to do uh, bits and pieces for the setting, um, especially if you have an awful lot of NPCs and um, you are, you don't want to make them as generic as uh, possibly uh, they would be otherwise. But I think when you're actually running the game, I think it's probably, it's definitely the one where I kind of got my rhythm for role, for, for running a game. So you know my sort of hand wavy um, make a roll if you make a roll by quite a lot, that's a, that's a very good mm. thing. If you just make it, that's an okay thing. If you fail by a bit, okay, that's not too bad. If you fail by a lot, oh dear. Um, that's basically, um, that's, that's GURPS. I mean, that's basically that, 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 that's where I got that, that, that idea from. Not, so I mean, um, in, um, say D and D, for example, is a good, is a good example. Unless you, critical in the later editions um if you make the roll by one or if you make the roll by ten it does it, it matters not yeah well in, what ma- what matters presumably is is how big a penalty you've got on that roll which is going to vary a lot with yeah, what you're doing it yeah. against yeah but 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 it, but but it, but say for you know but in but in gerbs it can actually be mm. that okay you've not particularly assigned a massive penalty but Say, I mean, I mean, the classic one, the, the, and the one that I, I I use an awful lot of is there was a there was a GURPS IST Kingston, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, IST was their uh, superhero setting that was odd in some ways, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 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 it was good fun and and bits and pieces. And and the Kingston one was, I think, uh, uh, somebody uh, did it as a third party one. Roger, I'm sure it wasn't. I don't know. I uh, don't seem to remember it was actually by the by, by the usual guys, but anyway. But it actually had um, a couple of things. One, it was one of the first ones where um, they described it, and they actually 
um, I can't remember exactly what they called it, but they um, each each location they're described by senses. So you will hear this, you'll see this, you'll smell this. If you run your hand along this, you'll touch. You know, this will this will be how it feels and oh, stuff. Oh, is it hot in here? Or is it me? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's no, oh, nineteen ninety four modern myth publishing, and, yes. and that there are various acknowledgements of Steve Jackson Games owns GURPS. Yeah, um, because uh, yeah, it's 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 and it it is it's it's good and it's interesting for that. But but, but it was also uh, that that kind of was more of extreme, but. One of the things the GURPS always did was, say, for example, you go into a room, you make a spot check or whatever the 15 million things, uh, skills were in third edition. Um, um, if you make it by X, you will see this. If you make it by Y, you'll see that. And you will also be aware of the guy behind you with a um, dirty great big, um, you know... Uh, Axe about to uh, chop into the back of your head, sort of thing. And uh... it's interesting you're just saying about the, that third-party book having a slightly different way of describing things that was very much to do with the senses and all that kind of stuff. Does that reflect the fact that maybe the other GURP stuff in general, certainly up to a point, was perhaps a bit flat? That by trying to be generic factual and and so on it becomes maybe a little less idiosyncratic a bit less opinionated and colourful I think actually it was more the fact that we keep going back to there weren't many actual adventures mm. and so you had this world setting that was great and wonderful and it's say I don't know described um, uh, Imperial Rome that's great and it, will, that, it will give you several paragraphs of here's what an adventure might look like and, 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 mm. but, but yeah. the adventure, but the adventure might be, oh, you know, Pompey's erupting. Um, you know, uh, you know. You should do something about that. Yeah. I, I think fourth edition <laughs> maybe got better at, with the genre books at least, pushing you to play a bit more differently. Maybe that's Ken Height's influence in a lot of it. But I don't know, but that, that they were, the third, I think you're right, the third edition like space is very dry. Um, and you have to inject all the well, colour yourself. Space is though, isn't well, it? Well, it is. Oh, actually, it's got an enormous amount of alcohol in it, but very, very thinly spread out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. Sounds like my liver. So, but yeah, I, I think the fourth edition got better. Or certainly, the fourth mm. edition ones I have are much better at um, how to colour your setting and how to play this style of game. Like, yeah, I'm I just think thinking the mechanics it's, it, can support that. It, it's perhaps. Um, I mean, it, everything in any game is is a juggling act, you know. Are the rules mm. worth putting in, or are there too many of them? You know, mm. is, it, is it just come down to flip a coin, or have we got table after table after table? Do we make something so kind of engaging and wacky and so on that it's an absolute nightmare to reference it? Do we fill the first half of the book with frankly sophomore level fiction? Or do we not work for White Wolf? I mean, White there are different Wolf. things <laughs> that, that you can coming. do with the game. Do, do we have an index? Do we get? <laughs> do, do we, we have get an index? Somebody, that was another thing. Yeah. Do we get somebody who's actually competent at doing indices? Yeah, because for example, you that look at Fudge Tenth Anniversary. It's got an incredibly comprehensive index, and um, Andy P, who actually put it together and so on, admits that it was one of the first times she tried this automatic indexing that the computer systems had. And tragically, I have to say, it's one of the most useless indexes ever, <laughs> because it just sort of lists every single page and every time that this word appears. 
You try mm. reading Charles. That's, that's Ray, not a good mythology. index. Oh, now, uh, while we're GURPS, on they did tend to put together a good index. You could <laughs> find things. Things were in sidebars and so on. Yeah. Oh, I love sidebars. I wish they did them more in 4th edition. Something <laughs> ma- makes me happy. Boxes you know, have really replaced them. They're a problem yeah, with uh, PDF thing. readers for many people. You'll see oh, a lot of, of course, complaints yeah. about sidebars, and it right. is a shame, but it's a, apparently it's a genuine issue with the way some things display PDFs. Mm. All right. What were you going to so, say, Nick? Well, we were. I, I was going to have a rant about indexes, but I moved on from that. Well, I was talking about um, GURPS uh, for me because I read a lot of GURPS source books before I ran GURPS, um, and I was intimidated. I think it's fair to say it's quite an intimidating system when you try and read it. But it is. Perhaps I if you come into it, it when you did, when it was a very full system, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I suppose honestly, it's no more complex than Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I would say it's just I knew that, and so I could wing it much more easily because I didn't mm. have to look anything up. Um, but with GURPS, what <laughs> Not I... that you would have been able to find it anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, with GURPS, what I was surprised to find, and I think it's because it boils down to. At its core, pretty much one or very limited, unlike, a, unlike, and that, that is maybe a more modern way that a lot of it is just roll 3d6 and get under this number. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a system that is quite easy to ink. So to me, GURPS has all these very complicated rules, but you don't need them really. You and can in fact, wing they specifically the the say in every edition I've got anyway, with the, okay, this is the core rule. And the core rule is basically, I want to hit somebody. You yeah. roll, you roll better on your attack on than the, they roll on their dodge. Yeah, the, I, think, the... I suppose where it does get more complicated for me is damage and things like that. And I know because I ran Flight Thirteen, and I, well, I hadn't really ran Gertz for a long, long time. And I know Roger probably wanted to die <laughs> when he listened to it, um, but it never felt like a difficult system to run, it's except not. when it comes to like damage penetration and things like how much damage gets through this yeah, armor. Yeah, because different types of yeah, um, of that is attacks got a do little... different sorts of damage based yes. on penetration. It's a game where an arrow can get through chainmail more. More easily than it can through a more solid thing, can't it? Yes, but does less Which damage is... if it does get through than a tip, another type. Yeah. Well, it, there, yeah. there was one thing in particular on the flight thirteen, which was the shotgun rules, uh, which they changed for fourth ed, and a lot of people had trouble with them the way they were explained. And at the time it, that that recording came out, I had just been working through them myself and, and had a pretty good understanding of. <laughs> okay, you you basically treat a shotgun as a as a very rapid fire automatic weapon. Um, okay, which yeah, I'm glad, glad we cleared that up. But, uh, in, but in, in, in a suppose... game mechanical point of view, that works. But you know, it, it was clearly not the understanding that you guys had got from reading the rules. But it mm. was interesting because I GURPS would have put me off much more than I suppose. This is the example I always think of with GURPS than West End games Star Wars, which is another system I really love, and it's ooze. It's very different to GURPS in the sense it's got kind of the genre baked into it, and it really. Mm uses Star Wars. Um, but weirdly, I found it much harder to run. I just didn't get an intuitive... I, I don't know. Maybe that's the way my maths brain works. I found it much harder to say this is a difficulty 20 task that you've got to roll over instead of... I, I don't know why I could say, well, this well, is going to take two suggest, off your skill. I would suggest that one reason is because it's a dice pool system. Yes. So yeah. people aren't always rolling the same number. Yeah. If I know in Tunnels and Trolls you're rolling 2d6, doubles add and roll over, yeah. then 
it doesn't matter who you are at the table, you're doing a saving throw, fine, that's what you're going to be rolling. Yeah. In Star Wars, that's not the case. Mm. You might yes, have 5d6. Exactly. So how do you, yeah, do, do do you do find I yourself... Do I want this to be an average task for the bounty hunter, but a hard task for the worker? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's you know, it, how do you, how right. do you pitch it? Um, there are a few things that came out later that people sort of made revised... <laughs> difficulty tables to sort of help you with that. But yes, I think that's a problem that a lot of people have visualising, which again, GURPS attempts to address. And it also, as a design point again, did try to address the whole it's easier to have something and not use it Mm. than to need it and not have it. Yes. But that as I think has been shown by anyone who played 2nd edition Dungeons & Dragons, falls down <laughs> when you run into the player who's bought you know, the Cleric's Handbook or whatever mm. it is. You've got new shiny stuff. You've got all these things there. Oh, I want to use that. So really, your GM has to do an awful lot of work to begin with to, to put in the boundaries and say, look, we're not using this bit. Yeah. Okay. We're yeah. using that. Uh, that's so actually is... a, th- a thing that very much comes up. Sorry, I, I, I mm. want to jump in there particularly. Uh, I, I don't, I'm moderately active on the Stream Jackson Games forums. Mm. And one of the things we quite often see in the GURPS forum is somebody who's, you know, a reasonably experienced D&D or Pathfinder player. And they will say, you know, we're, we're starting a GURPS campaign and I've got, th- I've got this idea for a character. This seems, this seems like a real exploit or, can I do this and this, and that that will be really effective? And, and the answer is, well, it's yeah. what it's what your GM is prepared to allow. Yeah. If your GM is prepared to allow those those powers individually and in combination, then sure. But there there is no assumption that everything in the book will be used. I, I don't I don't think you could use everything in the fourth edition book in a single game. I think. No, certainly the third edition stuff. Some of it did contradict it. Other rules. I mean, it was inevitable. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why you end up with fourth edition, of course, to try and make things. Yeah. You know, you reach a point where everything's overloaded. There's got to be some duplication rules treading on the toes of other rules. It's and I just think too much. Thing. I think you go you going back to comparing it, say, versus Pathfinder or D and D is a really good one as well. So Pathfinder and D and D have got the concept of the Pathfinder Society. Um, Character, um, characters and so on and so forth, which are deliberately designed characters that you can move and play in competitions and do bits and pieces. Oh and, yeah, and yeah, they are, those, and, yeah. and they are very, very much. They are, they are built around. They're almost like something that you, um, like almost like Magic: The Gathering, a deck of cards, mm. um, right. and they are very much designed that you can take your character and you have a fourth level character and it is within tolerances the same as everyone else's fourth level character and so on and so forth. So, so you, so as a, um, if you're say running a con, you can turn around and say, I don't have to have pre-gens. You can bring your own character. You can, you can play your, your Mm -hmm. character in my game and do that. Now that's brilliant. And it's a really good thing. However, it really, really, really does make people think in a very fixed way mm. about how games should be run. It feels very computer gamey that there, you know, there is this path to choose for your character and these are the best ways to do it. And if you're going to, if you want this build and the word build just makes me want to physically throw up, but <laughs> um, when you get your build of this character, which is fine when you're doing a computer role playing game, I, I, I feel it has no place. 
<laughs> in in tabletop role playing game, but that's we have no truck with these things here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I yeah, I, actually, what you say about taking your own character to con, yeah, I, I do understand that. That's, and, and that's that lovely. has an appeal, and that's lovely. But it then does mean that as a new shiny supplement comes out, and you have shiny supplement, and sup- and shiny supplement is an official supplement, it means that you can legitimately turn around to your GM and say, "I want to have." sexy new thing that's in there because it's allowed yeah I, mm. I don't know where the turn comes from um but the thing is that's been said several times including by by the line editor is gups is a rule zero game meaning uh the gm's word is the core of it oh. yes right. is the ultimate authority which is yeah. a, a thing to be honest i've always assumed about games but mm. if you if you're in that mindset of it's... the competitive role playing then that's not quite as true yeah AD&D and particularly the kind of tournament adventures and all that were not that mindset at all no but the, there's an old champions joke about you know how many champions players does it take to change a light bulb that's a gm call <laughs> so but that's very that's the antithesis of indie games as well. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I mean, to... well, yeah, they try to focus down and and make it so that you won't get a bad GM call because you know the game is is sort of taking over that function. Uh, it's again, it's deliberate design choices, and you can certainly respect that without liking the games. Mm-hmm. Just like I think if people look at GURPS who just dismiss it as being. Um, oh well, old for one thing. I've heard people saying, you know, oh god, no, I couldn't play anything that old. What are you playing now? Dungeons and Dragons, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, or, or GURPS is dead because it's not on my game store shelf. Yep, that's mm. another one. Well, I actually wanted to, to. I don't know if right now at the time, but to bring up Dungeon Fantasy because mm-hmm. this was this is something. To me, Dungeon Fantasy looked like a little bit of a we've we've tried everything, and let's be honest. They've committed to GURPS, they've kept GURPS going for years with a degree of support that was pretty unusual in the hobby. Very, very few systems get the sort of support and um, and, and constant activity that GURPS has had. Uh, you know, this is not a fly-by-night game, is it? Mm. Uh, fly-by-night, in fact, was a twerp supplement. But um, <laughs> you you then reach a point where you have to say... It, it does kind of need to make some money, though, doesn't it? Yeah, well, and that's a problem. So that's they bring out Dungeon Fantasy, for. and it's going to be a big box set, mm. and it's a focused, powered by GURPS game, or whatever it was. So, do you think it worked? And no. do you think it points out a fundamental flaw just in that idea of the Dungeon Fantasy, that it was the wrong game for the wrong type of play? Or does it point to a problem actually with GURPS? As a game these days, well, I think, I think they, I, they did it in the wrong genre. That would that would be my immediate thought. I can tell you why they did it. They looked at the sales numbers, which say that basically ninety percent of role playing sales is D and D Pathfinder. Yeah, ninety percent of what's left is other dungeon bashing games. So you know, we we are the elite. <laughs> we are the one percent. One way of you can, it. yes, yeah. You see the thing with one percent; it can be at the bottom all the time. Yeah. But 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 I'm sure that's why they why they said okay, if we're going to do a box specialized GURPS set, that's the one it's going to be because that mm. is the most popular genre by far. Mm. Now it may well be that people who are happily playing dungeon fantasy type games in other systems don't aren't really looking for a new system. Mm. That's a separate problem. Mm. Um, 
by all accounts, it sold okay, but it certainly didn't sell big. It, it didn't really justify the editorial time that was put into it to mm-hmm. create that box. I've, I'm, I'm going mm. for public information here. I don't have inside yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Although actually, Steve Jackson games are, are pretty good about, like with the stakeholders report, putting a, a higher degree of information out than most sure. publishers, yeah. with the exception perhaps of Evil Hat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was noticeable that after Dungeon Fantasy, he got the fantasy trip back. Mm-hmm. That finally, that the the failure to get this game had been kind of the real driver to do GURPS in the first place, because he was just trying to get his old game back. And finally, he got it back, and they did another huge box set and all the rest of it, and they're going to do small sets and things. They've, and they've got thought, some going fanzine support. Yeah, I thought, well, it's sort of interesting, that, because it's got a lot of similarities with GURPS. You can see that he didn't just sweep that one off the, the desk and start afresh. Sure. There's, there's, you know, lots of design history goes through it. He kept a lot of the strengths. But by putting that out, it did seem to me to say, right, Dungeon Fantasy, we may as well just say, okay, that's, that, that's gone now, let's sell off the stock. Well, there, there are two separate things, uh, and this, this is another bit of confusion. There is the Dungeon Fantasy RPG, which is what we've been talking about, the box set. Yes. And that has had, uh, I think, I can't remember what it's had in terms of adventures. It's got two books of monsters. It, it, it's, a, it's about 12, 15 things, most of which, most of which are in the box. There is separately from that the and which happened earlier the GURPS Dungeon Fantasy line, which is essentially saying, "All right, there is GURPS, and here is the bit of GURPS you will need for Dungeon Fantasy. Here, here is a list of okay. yeah, the the thing that you normally have to do when you're starting a GURPS campaign that you that you've built yourself. Here are the here are the advantages and disadvantages and skills that we're actually going to be using." Mm. So this came yeah. out before they did the box set, so presumably yes. so is, uh, that was PDF giving them some data. Was it PDF? Yeah. It, presumably they're getting some data uh, the, the, and the fir- feedback The first from that. four got officially hard-copied. Uh, the later right. ones haven't been. So that's, that then them. is establishing a line for them that where people are enjoying it, they're doing more, they must, if none of those had sold, they wouldn't have done that box set. Yeah, and, and yet and still. The GURPS Dungeon Fantasy line is up to 20, 21 core books and another 15 or so extra mm. bits. There's, so there's, somewhere there's a lot in of there, it out there. there are um, a lot of GURPS players who want this stuff. Yeah, now, now GURPS Dungeon Fantasy is not an, is not an independent game. You still need the GURPS basic set. Yeah. And it will help if you have GURPS magic and some other things. Um, I'm... But the box set was a complete game, though, presumably. Yes, the, the, the yeah. Dungeon Fantasy RPG, which is not technically compatible with GURPS, though it's, it's very close. It's basically GURPS fourth plus some tweaks. Oh, he's gone back to being Fantasy Games Unlimited. He's fallen <laughs> into the trap. Uh, that, that is being kept as a separate line. And, and, and that is being kept as a deliberately specialised line. You know, you, you've got a description of an advantage in the Dungeon Fantasy RPG. It just strips off the stuff that would be in mainline GURPS about the same advantage that isn't relevant to going down a dungeon. Do you think it'll ever be popular again, GURPS? And when I, say, I know it is popular. I know it's it's got people who are, you know, they, they cling to it because it's the game that, if it doesn't do everything perfectly, it'll at least let them put together the game they want. It supports mm. the actions they want in a game. It doesn't do anything completely stupid that derails you. But it's never been... Um, I mean, it's obviously sold 
you know, pretty well at times. But in recent years, things haven't really gone GURPS's way. And sure enough, you don't see it on... I'm assuming we could go into shops. You don't see it on the store shelves. Yeah, the the early fourth-ed books were were being put on shelves. The later ones, uh, really not. Uh, The latest hard copy, I think, was... Discworld and Zombies, and Discworld had its own yeah. problems. Discworld Second mm. Edition is a great game, mm. and I do not only say that because it was written by Phil Masters, whom I like. Mm. Um, it, it's really good. I, 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 I was playtest coordinator on it, but the importers to the UK, where Discworld is much more popular than in the US, mm-hmm. looked at this thing, looked at its US sales projections and said, yeah, let, let's get 10 copies for the UK. <laughs> Well, I've got one of those. <laughs> I've, I've only got first edition and the supplement. No, I've only got, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's the problem. It, yeah. That could have gone on shelves. That you know, you, they could have contacted uh, whatever you know, Altfan Pratchett and whatever, wherever that's gone now. I believe it's still the community still exists. They could have contacted those guys and said, "Yeah, mm. here is this great Discworld source book and incidentally a role playing game." Uh, yeah. put it, they put they it could have sold all, and and that just wasn't done. Mm. They could, yeah, they could, they could have gone to Smith, they could have gone to Waterstones, mm. yeah. And well, how come like, that book the shelf, got a sequel? They're almost uniquely in the because that got a no. I'm talking, I'm talking about new Gerbs Discworld. Oh right, the hard, yeah, the hardback. Yeah. There was a hard, there was a hardback. There was a fourth. There's a fourth edition version. Yeah, it, oh. it, it, it is basically. Oh, no, I've never lo- seen like, it. Like the Dungeon Fantasy RPG, it is fourth edition specialized into in, sorry into into Discworld. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 the sort of Discworld second edition because the first one also was a powered by GURPS book, wasn't it? It was yes. self-contained. Yeah, they, yeah, they they, they don't use the powered by GURPS branding anymore, but yes, it was a, right. it was effectively a standalone game, yeah. uh, like like Transhuman Space. Yeah. So I mean, it, as you say, you would have expected that that was the potential to to really break out from the standard market. But mm. can GURPS actually be reinvented if that's what it's going to take, or is the is the concept now? Has it has the, has the gaming world moved away from that? And until things perhaps realign and the stars are right, you know, is a, a generic game like that? Is it even a selling point anymore? When well, there are now so many on the market, I, I've deliberately experimented to, to try to determine something, and that is, I can when I, I run a lot of games at conventions when conventions happen, mm-hmm. and I can advertise them. Yeah. I usually say what the system's going to be because many people care about what the system is. And when I say, when I say it is being run in GURPS, even though I also say no knowledge of the system is needed because I mean it's a demo game, so I, I will teach from teach from scratch, which takes about five mm-hmm. minutes. I get far fewer signups than if you said Call of Cthulhu. Than if I say the exact same well. text with Call of Cthulhu or, or the yeah. Black Hack, which people haven't even heard oh, of. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I knew Call of Cthulhu was a big seller at conventions, so I didn't know that. It is a solid one at conventions. Yeah. I ran the same scenario with GURPS and the Cthulhu hack, and with the Cthulhu hack, it, it filled up in minutes. Mm. And with, GURP, with GURPS, it didn't fill up. It, I, you know, I got two or three players out of six. So it's and actively... Um, it was great. It meant I could, it meant I could sit in a game. It <laughs> <laughs> people off, I think, partly because you end up with... Um, an unfounded reputation, uh, certainly an unfair reputation. If you go onto things like RPG Net and somebody will do a sell me on this thread, which mm-hmm. are really quite annoying because most of the things people want to know you can actually get from the ad copy, let alone actually <laughs> read a review or anything. But when it comes to a mention of, you know, what game can I play with this? Well, the obvious answer for most of them is, well, you could play this with 
GURPS, Hero, you could probably play it with Savage Worlds, you can certainly do it with you know, there are so many games that could play this really well, and that's not a very helpful answer. Mm -hmm. So what you'll get is somebody saying, oh, you want to use this, and it will be some game of the week that they're really keen on at the moment, whether it's appropriate or not, but it might be quite simple. And if somebody comes in and says something like GURPS or Hero, it will be dismissed because it's so it's so complicated. Oh, it's it's yeah. you know so many rules, all the rest of it. It doesn't matter if you've only got a core of rules that you need, and it doesn't matter if those rules are logical and build on each other and are far easier to grasp than something like leaping into you know three point five D and D and all of its or even things. something like to pluck a random like dogs in the vineyard. It's actually yeah. a really complicated system. Mm. I mean, it's, and it's one, very it's unusual thing, as well, yeah. But it's mm. hard to... I mean, it's interesting, and I enjoy, mm. but it's not... To run it, I wouldn't say right. it's easier than GURPS. Yeah, no, but but mean, because of that, things get difficult. dismissed. Everyone talks about, oh, champions, no, it's calculus. You know, it's ridiculous. You, you, you've got to know maths, which incidentally, for some reason, if, if on an American forum somebody says you've Math. got to know math, that's dead, that game. Nobody wants to add or subtract at all. It doesn't matter what what they'd have done with some of the stuff like. I mean, I have sent my champion characters in an Excel spreadsheet, but, <laughs> but you have, yes. <laughs> but, can, but consider GURPS vehicles. Now, mm. I love ah, GURPS well, vehicles. Which version? Mm, it had what, its own one, software, the, yeah. didn't it? That it did, reached but, the crunchy now, level to me. But here's the point: just think of your entire role-playing careers. How many times have you actually needed to design a vehicle? Roger, I never use rules actually <laughs> for vehicles. I use rules for the people driving them. Yeah. Mm. If you're in a sports car, you'll be going faster than the guy yeah. who is in a milk float. If you're in a tank, you're not as manoeuvrable as the guy on a motorbike. So I throw a bonus or two here and there. Yeah. I don't care about the vehicles. It's about the characters. But that's the point. If you had been running GURPS Third Ed when vehicles came out, you could simply have said, okay, I'm not going to buy that. And and the games you run in that style would not have been the poorer for it. For for somebody like me, it's too complicated. um, I've I've got things out of it that were great fun because, yeah, Mm. I don't don't mind the bit of the complexity and I don't mind using the software. that's big, yeah. I, I'm an old-fashioned gamer in this regard, and I suspect you, you, you lot, many, many of you lot are as well. In For those that... of you listening at home, Roger's beer, beard actually descends so far down <laughs> that I can't see it. It goes off the bottom of the screen. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but the the mine is only is, halfway. The 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 thing that many games of the '80s had uh, that has gradually decayed since is this idea of having a game-like activity that you do when when other people aren't around. You know, travelers, subsector yeah. design, spaceship design, yeah. um, Car Wars, BattleTech, obviously. But yeah. and I, I think that's largely been replaced by arguing on forums now. Mm. Um, well, I, that is but, but for example, one of the campaigns I've run under GURPS, under GURPS 4th edition, actually, though I used 3rd edition vehicles for this bit of it, was a traveller-type free trader campaign. Mm-hmm. And as far as the players were concerned, you know, this, this was the spaceship they had, and, it, and it, the, these were the places it could go profitably. I had done behind the scenes, because I was enjoying it, mm. um, three or four different designs of spacecraft... Not, not, you know, in full detail, but just, yeah, you know, this, this is the one where it leaves the jump engine in the outer system and travels into the, to the planet and lands on a runway. This is the one where it's got the slightly bigger engines and fuel tanks so it can land vertically on a, in a place where there isn't a runway. Just said, okay, so 
This other one can can seriously undercut the shipping costs. Therefore, the PC's craft is going to be is the one that's going to be going to the places where there isn't a runway. See, the reason we like it, having you on this team, uh, Roger, is that basically you're brains from Thunderbirds. <laughs> Actually, Roger, <laughs> the, 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 the point of the point of all that is I, I I've got this raft of you know five ship designs. And the players, there you go. And the Five players designs, don't Gareth. need to know about them. The players Roger's don't need to care about anything except their own ship. I have, when I was running Pirates of Drynax, I filled a small A5 notebook, uh, making spaceships with the, with the fourth edition spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's quite fun. I love that do. system, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. And yeah, I would think you'd, I don't think you ever met one of them, but I actually no, quite yeah, enjoy I, I used to make Things, but that was different. That was just about vehicle combat. But but the thing is, and if I want to run a space game and I don't want to design spaceships, for example, then that's fine. There are books full of pre-built spaceships. Yeah. yeah. If I want to tweak them, I've got the system for tweaking them. But yeah. Hmm. <laughs> design them as part of play, having something to make them as a GM and do that beforehand and do it for what you want. You know, if you want to build pod racers because you're doing a Star Wars thing or whatever it might be, um, you know, I can see that being a useful tool. Oh, it does give kind of a solidity to the background, which is, a, yeah. you know, that going back to the very basics of GURPS in the early days, the idea that if you put in these solid logical foundations... <laughs> and build from it, mm. then it stands up when it has to be really tested, and when somebody, you know, suddenly you need something there, and you say, well, okay, well, uh, you know, where, where's the, the main drive in this? Is it big enough to go in our ship, or whatever? Uh, your average game, I mean, it's certainly the game I run, it would just be me going, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but if you but really, it, with yeah. GURPS, you've, you've got those things yes, there, and GURPS, you can say, GURPS, well, it's yeah. not, but this could happen, and you could but throw actual, in other adventure parts. The beauty parts. of GURPS, again, is with all that crunchiness in the back, I agree, actually, Roger, well, well I already like GURPS, but the, I love the crunchiness, in a similar way to the fact I found actually very nicely de-stressing making my champions character this week there's a really nerdy part of me that just really enjoys playing around with those numbers because it's Ooh. a consistent and interesting system in GURPS with the spaceship um but that in no way slows down play when you're actually playing because you're not going to say in the middle of a game i'm just going to design this sonic motorbike that you're going to get so you've already done it or you've got um so you say yeah. that but if you've got a variable power pool in champions then i'm afraid <laughs> <that is> one. <laughs> sonic based variable power pool sonic motorbike yeah completely yeah. possible yeah. Hair bear bunch. You know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're a bit young for that one, Jim. I'm not sure. The name is familiar. Hey, yeah. I, I might be young. No, you're not that young. <laughs> you, do you remember the hair bear bunch, Nick? Yeah. So I was yeah, just, thank you. I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm looking at the list of topics that I have on here, and I'm looking at the clock. I don't. I we're gonna have I've a part two, aren't we? Yeah, we're gonna have a part. Oh, two. we're so into Are a we? part two. Oh God, <laughs> I've not, only yeah. I've only given you one of the Murphy's rules. Admitting yeah. that's partly because my computer crashed. Now I'm <laughs> dating them again. But I mean, we haven't even touched the actual GURPS games that people have run. I think what, Rogers mentioned one briefly. Nick's mentioned. Yeah, that, that, that's the list on yeah. my. No, yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. You know, we're definitely having at least part two, possibly a part three. Sure. Um, no, no it can't be bigger than, than bigger than cop. It can, because you know, we're just we're just talking Cop about stuff that's Gertz. interesting, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So 
We need a part three for um, I, I would uh, actually, Pulse Cthulhu. However, yeah. I would actually, uh, if, if you want kind of like almost like a, a topic for us to leave it on, I am always surprised at how little we play it as a group. Yeah. But that's just the nature of the group, because you know, every time you go to a different GM, you tend to play a different game. Mm. Cthulhu gets played a lot. Because a lot really. of us are comfortable playing running Cthulhu. Well, yeah. yeah, I think we all like it, but it, it does also cause but, problems, because like, things I wanted to run... Um, I've actually put off because we've been doing with all the 20, kind of settings. settings. Yeah. 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 So I haven't played Justice Inc. and I haven't done a particular thing which I might yeah. get to at some point. I'll, um, I'll tell you I why, really why I haven't played the same thing. Um, because one of the other groups I play with, usually on Wednesday nights, plays GURPS pretty much exclusively. Mm-hmm. And so, a, well, what, what, when, I, when I want to try Genesis or Modern Age or Cthulhu Hack, you can't try it with them. Uh, well, I probably could, but they really prefer GURPS, and most but of the time we... so do I. So so oh. you you guys are happy to pick up something quickly and try it. I, it, see, it see, that's a part me... two thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's very well, nice, we... but why don't we just do it in GURPS? We're a slightly atypical <laughs> is, group in some ways, I think. I mean, I don't know if you <laughs> yeah, will, but like, let, there's let, not let, many let's groups. Let's preserve that... this until next time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right in terms of the group, though. But we do, you know, we switch around GMs and we switch around systems in a way that mm. other groups do. Mm. I don't yes, think. which leaves us, you know, consistently uh, terrible when it comes to system mastery, <laughs> with the exception <laughs> of Roger doing good. Yeah. Oh, Gar- Gary wouldn't approve. Yeah. Oh. Just wait till I attempt to run tunnels on trolls for you. Oh, <laughs> disastrous! I'm going to try mercenaries, spies, and private eyes too. Sounds yeah. good. Got, in the 2040s, this. when you've finished, um, <laughs> <that's laughs> the So uh, that was GURPS then. Yeah, part one. Part one. It'll still be still be steadily plodding along, I'm sure, by the time we get to part two. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Supported Um, in the background, nothing flashy, not catching the headlines. (laughs) And no pressure at all, uh, Mr. Chairman, but obviously we'll for next time we will need a pricey of everything we talked about in in in, in part one. Oh of course. That's all right, you can alter it. Thank you very yeah, much. Right. Brilliant. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. That was Lovely really, time really good. with most of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know who. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. Oh, dear. Talk to yeah. you all soon. We'll see you all Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Bye, Bye everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.